0: It's another hurricane season, and right about now, residents are busy fortifying their nests against damage. This year, they're preparing with flood insurance. They've learned it's the extra layer of protection that prevents them from paying out-of-pocket or pouch for costly repairs. You too should trust your instincts this season. Get flood insurance and protect the life you've built. Visit floodsmart.gov.
1: I'm Ron Aaron, delighted to have you on board. and We've got a fascinating topic coming up and sitting in for Carol Zernial, who is on special assignment, delighted to welcome Tina Smith as our guest co-host today, and she has been on many times. We're delighted to have her back. Tina is the manager of caregiver program operations for the Caregiver SOS program at the WellMed Charitable Foundation. She has a bachelor's degree in psychology, a master's degree in social gerontology, and has been with the Caregiver SOS program for over two years, and delighted, Tina, to have you with us today.
2: Thank you. It's always, always good to be here. I always enjoy the conversations we have, and I'm especially looking forward to today, uh, Dr. Elliot Montgomery Sklar. He's a a big supporter of Caregiver SOS, and I work with him closely, so I'm I'm very glad to to be part of this uh, with him.
1: And we've got a great topic today, talking about LGBTQ plus issues in the caregiving community especially important as we take a look at the the potential challenges to gay marriage and why that would make a difference when it comes to managing healthcare and critical long-term care. Dr. Elliot Montgomery-Scar is an associate professor of healthcare sciences at Nova Southeastern University in Florida. He brings more than a decade of experience in public health to our program. He's worked in many capacities to support the needs of communities and caregivers, both as an educator and as a manager of community-based health programs in Canada and the U.S. Dr. Sklar is an expert on issues addressing aging in the LGBTQ plus community, and he's published and presented his work internationally and has been uh, very active with the Caregiver Teleconnection program as well. I'm Ron Aaron, and Elliot, it is great to have you back on Caregiver SOS on air. Thanks for joining us.
3: Thank you so much for having me. A pleasure to be here.
1: Uh, when you talk about Uh, LGBTQ plus issues in the caregiving community. Uh, Give us the 411. What are we talking about?
3: Well, I think there's a lot of issues, um, but one of them that comes up certainly, I think, for a lot of older community members is that a lifetime of discrimination leads to inequities as far as our health, our wealth, and our well-being. And as we celebrate Pride Month this June, Um, celebrations across the country are playing out against a backdrop of a lot of different threats to the community. Um, And that has a lot of people very concerned. There have been recently quite a few um, attacks on communities across the country and uh, threats made uh, for pride events. And so I think a lot of communities are feeling um, just a little bit more cautious.
1: And one of the other issues, although the decision has not come down yet, as we record this program, uh, dealing with Roe v. Wade uh, and uh, access uh, to choice for women. Uh, That decision potentially has the impact of affecting uh, those rights that have been granted gays to marry. Uh, And it's an issue that, uh, Dr. Sklar, you have talked about. Uh, For those who chose not to marry, who may happen to be gay, who figured, well, I don't need it, life is good, don't have to worry about it, there's some real health care issues involved.
3: Absolutely. You know, we we don't often think about the fact that being married entitles people to Family Medical Leave Act benefits. So those benefits are critical for caregivers um, should they need to take time off to care for a loved one, for example, Um, but also as it relates to bereavement leave and also um, uh, certainly retirement benefits uh, access to be able to be with a loved one when they're receiving health care. There are so many different things to consider and protections that marriage affords people.
1: And that marital status gives you access to that individual who may be in a hospital. Uh, And and if you're not married, they may say, hey, no, you know, Elliot, you're you're not allowed in here.
3: Yeah, and sometimes even if you are still married, because many people who are married, who are part of this community, don't necessarily change their names. And when your last name is different than your spouse, that can be uh, sometimes a challenge. Uh, I often recommend that caregivers keep a copy of their marriage certificate, uh, a photograph on their phone or a copy with them in case of emergencies for that very reason.
1: Uh, And you also uh, face discrimination in many of these cases.
3: Well, um, I had the privilege of speaking at the American Society on Aging meeting uh, two months ago. And I started out by asking people in the room how many people were married or in a long-term committed relationship. And several people in the audience raised their hands. And then I had asked them the last time that they visited their primary care provider, where they asked if they wanted an HIV test and an STI panel. And no one said that that was in fact the case, but uh, for community members such as myself who are married and have been in long-term committed relationships, I've been with the same primary care provider for about 10 years, and this is a question I'm asked every year at my annual physical. And it's it's frankly a bit um, offensive or off-putting. And they're asking because? It is a protocol. Um, the World Health Organization up until recently had recommended, in fact, that all gay men, irrespective of relationship status, be on PrEP, which is prevention medication for HIV. Even if you're married, even if you're asexual, um, so that was really a sweeping, um, a sweeping recommendation that I think was very indicative of the stigma that still exists in our healthcare community as it relates to individuals who are gay.
1: Stay with us a minute. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host today, Tina Smith, filling in for Carol Zernial, And we're talking on our Caregiver SOS On Air hotline with Dr. Elliot Montgomery Sklar talking about LGBTQ lgbtq plus issues in the caregiving community and dr sklar we we've talked with you before and we haven't really spent much time on the issue of access to care and the discrimination that may exist Uh, do you find that some folks in the community will find uh primary care physicians and others who don't want to treat them who say no i don't deal with people who may be gay
3: i don't think we see that so much anymore uh, however, we do see um, issues of discrimination that do exist, I think, in the way that I have described uh, as far as the recommendation that all gay men, irrespective of relationship status or sexual behavior, be on prevention medication for HIV. Um, but I think that we have in our community a lot of older community members who have faced a lifetime of discrimination in healthcare. And research tells us that they are far less likely to seek out primary health care as well as mental health care services.
1: So they're denying themselves access to care for fear they'll be discriminated against.
3: Precisely. There's a a lot of concern and fear for good reason. Um, I often give the example that an individual born in 1950 would be 72 years of age today. um, And only 19 when the Stonewall riots occurred, which is what prompted Pride Month, and um, if you think about it, gay marriage was only made legal on a federal level seven years ago in 2015. Uh, and up until 1973, the American Psychiatric Association regarded homosexuality as a mental disorder. So there's a lot of stigma in healthcare.
1: Is there concern in the community about what the Supreme Court might do if Roe v. Wade is tossed, if the protections that uh, were granted under that uh, decision no longer protect those who may be in in a a marriage uh, that's a same sex marriage.
3: Absolutely, and for such good reason. Both of those landmark cases, uh, the case of Roe v. Wade and the case that resulted in gay marriage being um, made uh, universal on a federal level, are part of the equal protection clause of the Constitution's Fourteenth Amendment, which focuses upon individual privacy. So if roe v wade is overturned it sets the precedent that other things within the constitution's 14th amendment could be overturned as well
1: and the result would be
3: well currently 29 states have same-sex marriage bans still on the books whose effects uh, were nullified in 2015 when gay marriage became legal on a federal level and as such if that no longer is the case in 29 states people would lose that protection And additionally, because it would no longer be protected on a federal level, those benefits like Family Medical Leave Act would be off the table potentially as well.
1: And would those who were married, like yourself, uh, face the possibility of those marriages being annulled by the government?
3: Yes. Um, My husband and I got married, actually, in the state of Florida a few months before it became legal on a federal level because we were very concerned that that right could be taken away. And we were one of the first couples within the first week that gay marriage became legal in Florida to register for a marriage license. So it certainly hits close to home.
1: And do you worry about it now?
3: I worry about it absolutely. Fortunately, Florida was not one of those 29 states with same-sex marriage bans that are still on the books. However, there are many others that are. And my concern as well is that if that right is taken away on a federal level, that strips away like i said family medical leave act benefits makes much more difficult uh, retirement benefits bereavement leave uh, a lot of issues that are going to be made much more challenging for caregivers
2: so what can what can people do now i mean we certainly this is that process is going to take a while before we even know what's going to happen so what would you recommend uh, to um, you know lgbtq uh, persons now who are married or caring for somebody I mean, what steps can they take uh, to educate themselves or or what have you?
3: Get married if you haven't thought about it before. Um, many of our community members grew up in their entire life not having ever thought that they would have that writer ability. We make very, very big deal about weddings in our country and they cost a lot and people save a lot. And many of our community members never budgeted for that or thought about that. That shouldn't be a barrier. And I really encourage many, many people to consider getting married. When my husband and I got married, we were in our thirties. We didn't think about bereavement leave and Family Medical Leave Act, but in the course of the last seven years, each of us has become a caregiver to a parent, ultimately lost a parent, uh, needed that bereavement leave and the benefits afforded by our marriage on a federal level.
1: And without the marriage, those rights would not have been granted.
3: Absolutely not. So it's it's something that's very important, I think, for Couples to consider of all ages.
1: I want to talk in just a minute because you teach a class in health policy about some of the caregiving community issues that people should be aware of, what they can do about it, and, and perhaps issues that are not on their radar at the moment, but could be. You're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron along with our co host Tina Smith, talking to Dr. Elliott Montgomery Sklarn. Delighted to have you with us on Caregiver SOS On Air. We thank you for sticking with us right here on Caregiver SOS on Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Tina Smith. And we're talking on our Caregiver SOS on Air hotline with Dr. Elliot Montgomery-Sklar. He's down in the great state of Florida. He says he's there for the weather. We're talking about issues that affect caregiving in the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, You teach a class in health policy, Dr. Slar. What are some of the issues that caregivers should be aware of?
3: Well, I think there is something very important that we should all be aware of, as it is Pride Month, and we're talking about issues impacting LGBTQ uh, caregivers and seniors. Pride Month has been celebrated uh, pretty much every year since the Stonewall riots in 1969. And yet this is the very, very first time that the White House has issued a proclamation uh, formally designating this month of June as Pride Month. Many people don't know that, and that hasn't made a lot of headlines. So that's an important policy issue, certainly. Uh, I think it affects uh, our community universally.
1: And the issues that affect caregiving directly, uh, one, of course, is access in a hospital uh, to an individual who may be in your care, but they won't let you in.
3: Absolutely. Uh, and that's true for people who are married and for people who might you know, simply be partnered and not formally married. In our community, a lot of uh, people who do get married don't share the same last name. So I always recommend that caregivers keep a copy of all important documents on your phone. I know that there are concerns about privacy, but uh, in my opinion, having a copy of your marriage license or a visitation uh, form, for example, with a hospital, it's very important to have handy at all times.
1: And when you take a look at uh, the issues that people. Face from a medical standpoint? Uh, do those who are caregivers get the same support and help from the healthcare community who may happen to be gay?
3: Um, I think that certainly, yes, it's possible. It depends upon where people are living. Um, I think people that live in cities uh, certainly have access to uh, more supportive uh, healthcare programs and services because of more diverse communities. Um, but what we see is that. A lot of our community seniors experience fear. Uh, they are afraid of discrimination in healthcare settings, but also in housing, and um, more importantly, in long-term care placement, which is certainly the combination of healthcare and housing.
1: Tina, you're shaking your head. Yes, Go I ahead. see you on Zoom. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I mean, that, I mean that is an issue, and actually, that's that particular issue with long-term care is kind of what got started the uh, the Pride of Caregiving series that you do for our teleconnection. Um, program and so every June and every January Elliot Dr. Elliot Sklar and Lucy Berilak talk about uh, issues related to LG or for LGBTQ uh, caregivers as well as professionals and I remember um, Lucy had received a question one time from a caregiver who asked about how he prevented the discrimination that his loved one who was living in a facility was facing and and, um, and it really it opened my eyes to that being uh, an issue I think there was a problem with the roommate um, and uh, something along those lines and so uh, you know it's just a it is a it is a problem and I know it's one that you've addressed on the teleconnection session and you know what other things have you been able to address on those on that series
3: well this month we have a, a really incredible program because we have um, guests from different parts of the country representing different organizations that work with lgbtq plus caregivers and seniors um, in the first of our programs we had actually the only AAA in the country area agency on aging um, which is located uh, just outside of chicago that provides uh, dedicated services for these community members it's the only one in the country so it's a I think the Caregiver Teleconnection is such an amazing platform, and using technology in Zoom, we can spotlight what different people are doing across the country to create this sort of virtual community among caregivers and healthcare professionals.
1: Tina, we haven't talked a lot about the Caregiver Teleconnection program. For those who are listening today and don't know about it, uh, tell us.
2: Sure, sure. These are hour-long learning sessions that we do over the, the Zoom platform which you can just call in if you don't have access to logging in Uh, but we have experts from around the country such as Dr uh, Elliot Montgomery Sklar, share information about different topics related to caregiving. And so uh, participants can uh, can log in or call in and have an opportunity to ask questions, uh, learn a little bit, and then hear from others uh, that are in similar situations. We record all our sessions. So if you haven't been able to catch any of them, you can always go back and, and listen to them. And so uh, Dr. Sklar has provided just a wealth of information on LGBTQ uh, issues, but as well as COVID and caregiving, um, uh, hurricane preparedness, emergency preparedness, just a wide range. And he's, he's got several coming up uh, this next month. So I encourage everybody to check out uh, our caregiver teleconnection sessions on caregiversos.org. Um, but like I said, uh, Dr. Sklar has provided just a wealth of information on on different topics.
1: And the program is free.
2: It's absolutely free. Yes.
1: So Elliot, totally. Go ahead, Elliot.
3: It's free and it's anonymous, and I think that the fact that it is an anonymous platform really encourages our uh, caregivers to feel like they can share more candidly, and same for healthcare professionals, many of whom are looking for resources to share with clients in their communities.
1: As you take a look at, you mentioned the aging uh, community, Uh, for those who may be younger, uh, who are in in the gay community, uh, is life better, easier for them?
3: I think that's a great question, and I think it really depends on who you are and where you are and where you're coming from. Um, At the beginning of the month, I had a colleague who who's an older lady from the South, Um, very well-intentioned, asked me, you know, why is Pride Month celebrated? You know, do, do cities really need drag queens having a parade? And what does that mean? You know, we don't have a straight pride. And I explained to her, and it it took me a moment to sort of collect myself and think about it. And why do we celebrate pride? I think it's because gay youth are still more likely to attempt suicide than not. And if for nothing else, pride is there to show everyone that we have a lot to feel proud of, and it does get better. And I think it's for those people who feel like it's not safe or comfortable for them. We have straight pride 364 days a year. (laughs) Well, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm very politically correct. So I I'm, I mind my words, but yes, uh, we certainly do. And I think that, you know, it's, it's important for people to feel celebrated, um, especially if they've experienced a lifetime of discrimination.
1: And, and for those who haven't experienced discrimination, who don't know what it feels like, I, I happen to be Jewish and, and growing up in Cleveland, there were places we couldn't go. There were country clubs that would not allow Jewish members. There were businesses that were, would not permit uh, Jewish people to attend. I'm not in any way suggesting that that gives me an understanding of the discrimination that uh, gays have experienced. But, but it was something for those who haven't experienced it at all. What does it do to the psyche? What does that discrimination do to people?
3: I don't think that there's any one gay person out there uh, or anyone who identifies as part of our community who has not faced discrimination, uh, in, even internal discrimination. Uh, for myself, um, growing up in a, a period of stigma as it related to HIV and always having that concern that intimacy could also mean a potential death sentence to me. And that's how it was presented to me in sex ed in school. Um, you know, I was 35 when gay marriage became an option. So imagine, you know, growing up and never thinking that that was, you know, in your, in your future or even possible for you. Uh, I think that there are so many things that people don't recognize that's going on right now. Even for me to feel safe going to a Pride event this month, I always look up the news and headlines. Baptist ministers in Idaho and Texas have gone viral in recent weeks for calling on the government to execute gay people. Uh, on saturday excuse me
0: but,
3: yeah say that say that again baptist min- ministers in idaho and texas had gone viral posting videos on social media calling on government to execute gay people wow. on saturday of last week 31 members of a white supremacist group called the patriot front were arrested in idaho where they had planned a riot to disrupt a pride event um The Proud Boys um, disrupted a children's book reading in San Lorenzo, California, that was given by a local drag queen who's also a social worker. So this has all just been in the last uh, couple of weeks of this month. Uh, We're only halfway through June. Um, uh, Three people were assaulted as they left a pride event in Salt Lake City last week. So that's why I say it's, it's a time for celebration and reflection and commemoration, but also awareness and vigilance.
1: What is it that makes people discriminate?
3: Uh, Fear, I think, um, and lack of education, information, perhaps ever having interacted with with the community. Um, You know, I think at times also having gay pride parades don't necessarily provide the most uh, accurate reflection upon our community. Uh, Many of us in the community uh, don't do drag and... Uh, lead very normal, basic, boring lives. So there's a lot of diversity within the community, just as within any community. Um, it just doesn't get the same representation.
2: Can you Here. can you talk about some of the organizations that that can help this community, the LGBTQ plus community? I know there's Sage and there's probably other organizations where they they might be able to learn more or find additional resources.
3: Absolutely. Well, the Wellness Charitable Foundation is one excellent place. Um, We really pride ourselves on providing a ton of resources uh, to all of our participants who register for our programs. But we do direct people, uh, for example, last week to the Coalition for Aging uh, LGBTQ, uh, or I'm sorry, LGBT in uh, Dallas. Uh, There are different organizations across the country, um, and even the Family uh, Alliance for Caregiving has resources for LGBTQ plus caregivers on their website.
1: Years ago, I was uh, uh, friendly with Larry King, the late talk show host, and uh, I was a talk show host as well in Washington, D.C. for years. And I used to follow Larry's lead when people would call up and, and start a rant uh, against gays. Uh, he would interrupt and say, excuse me, tell me the day you woke up and realized uh, that you liked girls and not boys. And it was a very interesting way to position uh, that issue.
3: Absolutely. Um I think it's good perspective. And like I said, there's diversity within every community.
1: Well, we're going to stop you right here, Dr. Sklar. You've been a great guest as always. And I know you've got to run off and teach a class, so I hope we didn't keep you too long. I'm Ron Aaron on behalf of Dr. Montgomery Elliott Scar and our co-host and our friend, Tina Smith. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening to us right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. Executive producers for Caregiver SOS On Air are Carol Zernial and Ron Aaron. Our associate producer is Christy Romero. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on Caregiver SOS On Air.
0: It's another hurricane season, and right about now, residents are busy fortifying their nests against damage. This year, they're preparing with flood insurance. They've learned it's the extra layer of protection that prevents them from paying out-of-pocket or pouch for costly repairs. You too should trust your instincts this season. Get flood insurance and protect the life you've built. Visit floodsmart.gov.